0: Welcome back to the program. Mel Taylor from AC Primetime Down Beach was bringing team now.
1: Hey, Kane, how are you? Beautiful day. The sun is coming up here as I look out over the beaches of Atlantic City and Ventenar on Must Listen Radio on WIBG on Saturday morning.
0: You know, this is why, Mel, that you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. I, I mentioned that meeting last night for 10K Frank. And uh, you said, well, what news is going to come out of this? And guess what? No news came out of it. Like, nothing came out of that meeting. It was a, a whole lot to do about nothing.
1: I agree with you to a point. Um, actually, the news that did come out of that meeting last night at 5 o'clock, right over there at the Atlantic City Democratic Committee, the news that did come out of there was the fact that the place was packed. It was mobbed. Those meetings are really never well attended. So the news is people care. People want to know, why did that $10,000 check show up in Mayor Frank Gilliam's bank account, and why are they almost seemingly, why is the leadership of the Atlantic City a Democratic Committee trying to sweep this thing under the rug? So that is the news, that people are not going to let Mayor Frank Gilliam uh, slide away from this until they get answers. And then on Monday, the Atlantic City Democratic Committee, to the best of my knowledge, We'll meet officially. The reason why they couldn't meet officially on Friday was the fact that they didn't go through proper procedure. But we might get some answers by Monday afternoon.
0: Guess where that meeting is? At the Irish Pub in Atlantic City. The great Irish Pub. Go watch the Super Bowl over at the Irish Pub. And, of course, they bring you Frank Talk. Uh, so Frank uh, Gilliam had his first CRDA meeting. What the heck happened there, uh, Mel?
1: Well, you can watch the video up on acprimetime.com. The video is actually shot by another independent media company by the name of Triax Media. That's John Hines. He has a studio over there at the Playground Pier in front of Caesars. I want to give him proper credit because when he records these videos in high definition, you get to see all of the 17 members of the CRDA board and how the audience reacts, and how the decisions are made. Watch the video, and you will see Mayor Frank Gilliam, his very first, his inaugural uh, participation of being a a board member of the CRDA. He actually forgot that he was in a whole new ballpark. He was playing the Mayor Frank Gilliam, Councilman Frank Gilliam, shucking and jiving game. He got knocked down. He uh, he even had residents literally say to him in the video, Mr. Gilliam, are you threatening us? He was like a deer in headlight. He opened his mouth, not once, not twice, but three times during this uh, very contentious 45 minutes in reference to, you know, the CRDA trying to take over the beaches in the Chelsea neighborhood. So the Chelsea neighborhood people came out in droves. But Mayor Frank, he is so confident that whenever he talks, everybody believes him. Remember, he had many, many years of that Atlantic City City Council, but when he goes into a different venue, the CRDA meetings, he found out the other day that he can't open his mouth and say whatever he wants and have people believe him. I
0: mean, Mel, it is vital, right, that the mayor of Atlantic City have a have an important role at Credic. Do any of them live in Atlantic City? <laughs> I don't believe any of them
1: do. I think there's something like 17 uh, CRDA, that's the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority, 17 members, I believe. Only two of them live in Atlantic City. And quite frankly, you know, you'd be very hard pressed to see these two members from Atlantic City, one being Gary Hill, the other one being the mayor at the time, uh, whether it's Guardian or whether it's Gilliam. You say to yourself, are they really sticking up for the residents of Atlantic City? And when you watch these videos, or maybe you attend the meetings that happen once a month at 2 o'clock down there on Pennsylvania Avenue, you say to yourself, these guys are not representing the citizens of Atlantic City at all, even though that's what they're supposed to do.
0: And there was the issue about the Chelsea Beach takeover by CRDA.
1: After 45 minutes, when you watch the video, 17 board members got nervous. And they realized that not only were there a whole bunch of residents of the Chelsea Beach neighborhood and the Ocean Club, they were there, they were pointing out a whole bunch of things that were not done properly in regards to this uh, proposed takeover, everything from planning board issues or votes or proper procedure. And even a representative, an attorney representing the Tropicana, showed up and said, yo, you guys are not doing this the right way. So one of the uh, members of the CRDA said, listen, let's table this for a little bit and get our ducks in order so this is proof you can fight city hall but you have to do it in a smart way you have to use the internet to share information and videotape things and um, that beach takeover that the crda would like to accomplish it has been put on pause for a while and that's actually a good short-term win for the the folks of the chelsea neighborhood
0: there were some Speculation, I'll say that, that uh, they were doing this to essentially give it to one of their f- buddies, one of their quote-unquote developers.
1: Yeah, matter of fact, one of those developers, quote-unquote developers, was actually in attendance. At the end of the day, the CRDA just wants to control those three blocks of beaches, and if it's not that one developer from Celebrity Bar and Grill or whatever, a guy by the name of Dominic Caggiano, he would like to do the development but if it's not him it's going to be somebody else
0: and one of the quote unquote developers who received many sweetheart deals from Atlantic City government Mr. Bart Blatstein uh, he took over the pier shops at Caesars named it the playground which you mentioned is the also the name of the porno shop you went through, I saw, I believe it was a video or a picture, Mel. It, it looks like a deserted island. I mean, uh, have they lost every store? Has he lost every store in there? Do you expect something to happen soon that Blatstein will ha- be forced to give that up? I mean, it, it's a complete disgrace com- compared to what he said was going to happen and what's actually occurred in that property.
1: Well, people forget that Bart Blatstein is a a private equity guy. He owns a company by the name of Tower Investments, where he invests money for his clients that have a very long-term outlook. That means they can invest money with Bart to buy up stuff and do stuff, and they can wait 5, 10, 15 years. So Bart finds distressed properties, one of them being the playground pier at Caesars, formerly Ocean One. He also found that he was able to pick up the old showboat hotel, so he can sit on them and lose money on them because they're really investments. And Glenn Straub is the same way. These guys are called vulture investors. That's not a negative, but that's what they are. But Don Guardian, Mayor Don Guardian, with all due respect, he kept on making like these guys, you know, both uh, Glenn and uh, Bart Blatstein were these saviors. They are going to come in and operate these awesome uh, attractions. But their job was to buy cheap property and flip them. Of course, Rebel and Glenn, they've already cashed out. And Bart, to answer your question i believe that over time he is going to be he's going to be running in the red so deep and even deeper that eventually his investors are going to say yo part figure out which property do you think has the, the greater upside is it the, Is it the uh, pier at caesar's which is like 90% empty a beautiful beautiful pier or is it going to be showboat hotel which one are you going to focus on eventually he's going to have to make a decision and i hope that caesar's can Gain control of that pier in front of their uh, casino property once again.
0: And uh, talking about redevelopers or developers, uh, Mel is—is is Margate using zoning rules to help certain developers?
1: Well, a couple nights ago, uh, there were a whole bunch of residents that showed up at the Margate uh, City Commissioners meeting, and they asked, "Hey, you guys are looking to redevelop Amherst Avenue, the the bay." right there in front of Jerry Blavitt's Memories in Margate and other great restaurants are down there like Tomatoes. So they want to redevelop that, and there are residents that are saying, yo, 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 you guys are ready to vote on something to change the zoning rules to allow developers to do a whole bunch of stuff, but they won't have to go through the variance process with the planning board. It's a little confusing, but I guess the moral of this story is is that with a majority of South Jersey Shore homeowners and taxpayers being second homeowners, being part-time residents, they don't know all this stuff that's going on. A lot of this stuff, a lot of big decisions are made in the winter, you know, in the off-season, when most of the taxpayers are not around to keep an eye on things. But over in Margate, nothing malicious. But we do see more examples, much like the CRDA, where they use zoning rules and land-use rules to change things around um, quickly and without having too too much public input and uh, people are getting a little ticked off that um, these things are occurring and many people don't even know these uh, these decisions are being made mainly because legal notices in newspapers legal notices in newspapers are not read but that is the only thing that needs to be done when advertising these big decisions Legal notices in newspapers, and that is why so much stuff gets passed and gets changed, because people don't even see these legal notices in newspapers that are not even read.
0: And uh, give us an update, Mel, on the master jetty for Epsekin Island.
1: Uh, There are some people that continue to say the only way you can save Epsekin Island from the stupidity of uh, doing beach renourishment and pumping sand back and forth when eventually it all gets washed away, is to create a master jetty at the tip of Longport, at the bottom, the southern end of Apsican Island. That's the only way that you can trap sand to build up Apsican Island, which is Atlantic City and Margate and Ventnor and Longport, because in Brigantine, it was a huge success. Their south end of Brigantine jetty was huge. It built up Brigantine Island in a spectacular fashion. When you do a master jetty at the south end of an island, Not only does it trap the sand northward of the jetty, it also protects the inlet and the back bay from something called silting up. Because when you have all the sand being sloshed back and forth, when you're pumping sand on the beach, it loosens it up. And when you have currents and storms, well, where does some of that sand go? It gets washed away, and it gets pushed sometimes, often, uh, southbound, and it works its way into the inlets, into the channels, into the back bays, and they get silted up. They get clogged up, that you have to have more dredging. And that is why uh, Margate and a lot of South Jersey towns are very happy to know that billions and billions are going to be spent for back bay dredging to clear out some of these channels, because it's very difficult and challenging and dangerous for boaters. Uh, They can't pass. We can see the benefit of dredging and beach building on occasion, but far too often a lot of this work is just to make money, hand out contracts, And nobody wants to do what is most likely the better fix, uh, keeping our beaches secure. And that's a master jetty, as opposed to every four years, just pumping sand on the beach, which eventually gets washed away.
0: And uh, uh, Mel, uh, full disclosure, my competition, uh, Shep. Uh, hired me in 1984 to uh, be a high school sports reporter for the press of Atlantic City when he was the editor. Uh, But you really cover the fishing scene better, way better than him, way better than anybody. And the 2018 summer flounder regulations are being reformed. What, What update do you have on that?
1: Little by little, the fishing industry for recreational fishing is being decimated by all these rules. And it's not that the fish are becoming extinct. It's just that I believe there's a takeover of the fishing and the fishing, uh, the fisheries, I should say, flounder in particular. Last year, I think it was something like 18. Yeah, it was. It was 18 inches. If you didn't catch an 18-incher, you had to throw it back. For example, if you were out on a party boat for four hours, and I would watch the party boats come back in, especially over there in Margate, um, and I would see them all come in. And I would ask, hey, where's all the fish? they go, well, we caught a hundred flounder. We caught a hundred flounder. Well, what happened? We had to throw 97 of them back. None of them were keepers. Only three of them were keepers. It's impossible, almost impossible to catch an 18 or a 19 inch flounder. And um, so that is an example of, you might say, well, why do you care about fishing, Mel? You don't even like fishing, but fishing's a big part of the economy. And this story ties in with uh, my overall and my overarching uh, theory, and that is the state continues to control uh, South Jersey, whether it's through takeovers of land or takeovers of beach or takeovers of fisheries, specifically flounder and sea bass. And when you take over how much somebody can catch, that means that if they can't catch their dinner, taking out the kids to go flounder fishing, it forces them to go to a restaurant. It forces them to go into a store and buy flounder fillets for 20 bucks a pound. So that is why I am really interested in fishing, because it's a, it affects the local South Jersey Shore economy. And if you notice, every year there's one less party boat, one less marina. They're all getting converted into McMansions, which actually actually brings in much more uh, rateables or tax dollars to these small towns that see real estate as being more profitable than attractions like summertime fishing on a party boat
0: and mel taylor has been with us from ac primetime down beach buzz and Brigantine. now any uh, parting words uh, for us this morning we have frank talk on deck i i i, f- I feel like this is like marison mantle you know or maybe Garrigan and ruth with uh, you and frank back to back every saturday morning but we appreciate you coming on mel
1: well, I'm highly inspired by Frank Talk. He's the whole reason why I think I started to tune in to you, because you started having all these great guests, whether it was Diamond and Silk, whether it was Linda Cohen, or whether it was Frank Talk. So all of a sudden I go, hey, well, why? I wouldn't mind to volunteer with this great Saturday morning show, because, you know, this is must-listen radio on Saturday morning with King Arthur. And, you know, Monday through Friday, very, very tiring to listen to fraudcasters. Those who are in the fraudcaster business, I just shake my head and thank god saturday morning can roll around and we can hear the uh, the real news so thanks for letting me come on here if anybody wants to even learn more about how property taxes are being skewed a little bit maybe by some local municipalities uh you might want to go up to acprimetime.com or BrigantineNow.com or downbeachbuzz.com thank you king thank you sir